Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hi, everyone. We got Dr. Harry Edelson. He is an amazing stem cell specialist who is now in the midst of a a pretty fascinating uh, legal battle in the career path you've chosen. Mm -hmm. Tell everyone who doesn't know what's going on, what just happened to Dr. Kristen Kamala as well as to U.S. stem cell. Well, so uh, Kristen Kamala was one of the people who pioneered the use of adipose-derived stem cells. So we have stem cells in every tissue in our body, and their job is to... Uh, to maintain the health of their microenvironment. And when we use them therapeutically, one of the things we can do is take them from one part of your body and move them to another part where you are are experiencing degeneration. And the two main uh, body parts where it's relatively easy to harvest bone marrow and, and, and then deliver them therapeutically are the bone marrow or the fat. Well, bone marrow has been used for many years uh, it's been used for cancer treatments, and it's just considered an off-label use. If you take stem cells from fat, because it's they're so tightly adhered to the fat cells, you have to put them through a process in order to separate them from the stem cells, in order to separate the stem cells from the adipocytes. And Kristen Comella was one of the people who really pioneered this, uh, this, th- this method of taking collagenase, which is an enzyme, and enzymatically digesting the fat. So you do a small lipoaspiration. This is like a miniature liposuction. And, uh, you, and then you put the fat in, in collagenase and you incubate it for a short period of time and then you centrifuge it. Very simple process, very, very safe. Between you know, the Cell Surgical Network and myself and Kristen Kamala and all these other groups, there have been tens of thousands of treatments with no problems at all. Well, the FDA has decided that because you, you take these cells and you, and you, add, it, you add this enzyme, this harmless enzyme, that this is what they are saying is more than minimal manipulation and is thereby this, your own stem cells are now a drug. And the doctor, in this case, Kristen Comella, is a drug manufacturer, which to me, just, I mean, to, to most logical, reasonable people just seems crazy. Uh, but, you know, they get to make the rules. So I'm myself am preparing to phase out using fat-derived stem cells, which breaks my heart because I've, you know, I've helped literally thousands and thousands of people with this and I'm probably going to quit doing it. It's heartbreaking. It's almost like we're pushing our nation behind because guess what, people? All the other nations out there are making huge leaps and strides. Forward. Forward, not Forward. backward. Forward. Forward. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the successes you've seen, because again, I went through the process with Dr. Kristen, mm-hmm. so I've had my own experience, but talk a little bit about who have you been helping so far and what results have you seen? Sure. So I have, I've been doing stem cells. Well, I've been doing regenerative medicine for 20 years. I started out doing prolotherapy, which is the injection of natural substances into damaged musculoskeletal structures. So the idea is you have low back pain, you have neck pain, you have arthritis, 
you have an area of your body that has undergone some sort of degeneration, whether it's from an acute injury or whether it's from wear and tear over a period of years. And the microscopic anatomy of that area becomes irregular. The collagen fibers that normally stretch just the right amount in every direction stretch too much in some directions and not enough in others. And more importantly, the nerve fibers that pass through those collagen fibers are getting caught up and firing pain signals. The other, things that, that, the other thing that happens when you have these changes in the microscopic circulation is you get changes in the microvasculature, the little the microscopic blood vessels that are responsible for bringing nutrients to the area and metabolic waste away. Well, when you have areas of degeneration, these blood vessels become irregularly shaped and lose the ability to bring nutrients to the area and metabolic waste away. So when we take stem cells from one part of your body and bring, or, or, or early on, we're, we're talking about uh, regenerative injection therapy. When we inject natural substances, trick the body into thinking that it's been injured, thereby launching a healing cascade, we haven't done any actual damage. You get a second chance at healing without actually doing any damage. So you're just basically harnessing the body's natural healing response. It's brilliant. Well, then platelet-rich plasma came along, and that's just doing a blood draw, concentrate down the platelets from your blood, and the platelets are what are, sig those, are the, uh, those are what signal to your own stem cells to go into action. It tells you that there's been an injury. So it, that's really, so we started using platelet-rich plasma instead of like dextrose, which is what we used before for prolotherapy. And then in 2010, I had a patient come to me and said, I want you to inject stem cells from my bone marrow into my knee. I was able to help her to a certain point with platelet-rich plasma, but we just couldn't get her there. So, uh, so that's 2010 is when I started doing bone marrow stem cells. Then in 2013, Kristen came and taught me how to isolate stem cells from fat. And I've always combined. I've always used bone marrow. I've never stopped using bone marrow. Oh, okay. Bone marrow is really the workhorse of, of, st of stem cell medicine. I mean, it's been around the longest. It enjoys the highest uh, number of scientific studies. It, the, the most, you know, it has the most scientific evidence behind it. When I add fat-derived stem cells to it, I seem to get better results. Um, and, and, you know, I've done, at this point, over 6,000 stem wow. cell procedures. We've done over 800 stem cell injections into intervertebral discs which, you know, I'm very happy to say places me among the most experienced in the world with spine injections. And, you know, and I get asked that a lot. I get asked, well, tell me some of your cases. And there's just so many. I mean, we've just like, it's, it, it, what's really astounding to me is that I've been doing this for coming up on 10 years and I still am blown away by how well it works. Sometimes I have trouble believing it. I talk to people and, you know, they're a year out and I, and I just have, it's, 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 it's amazing to me. Now, having said that, of course, it doesn't work with everybody. What, where stem cell therapy really shines is with okay. people who are in good health to begin with. Okay. Because we're, we're using cells. And if you're, a person's overall health is largely determined by their stem cell function. When you look at somebody who's 70 years old and they look, you know, 50 it's because they have very robust, healthy stem cells. When you look at somebody who looks much older than they actually are, it's because their stem cell function is suboptimal. 
when you have people who don't exercise, who have crummy diets, who don't take care of themselves, and maybe genetically they're behind the eight ball to begin with, uh, we, you know, we frequently, we, we don't do as well with that, with that category of people. That makes a lot of sense. So with that said, I'm going to still push you on it. What's the one thing of the 6,000 or so people that you've worked on, which is the one that surprised you? I mean, did you make someone who couldn't walk, walk or inspire us? Tell, tell us. Oh, oh, like a really weird story. Okay. Yeah. So I had a woman once. So, okay. So just, I have to do a little disclaimer. So my practice is musculoskeletal pain. So I treat, you know, back pain, neck pain, joint pain. I don't treat any systemic disease at all. I don't treat spinal cord injury. I don't treat, you know, like I'm very selective in what I do. I just keep it to what I'm good at. I had a woman who had been to me. Um, she had been to me two years prior and I treated her knee. She was a young, she was a young woman. She's at the time she was, I think she was about 40, very athletic, very healthy. I had treated her knee. Uh, she had a painful knee that we had helped her with. She, when she came into me, it was for something completely unrelated. She had had a um, she'd had a a, a a herpes infection of her of her middle of her of her inner ear. She had like a herpes lesion on her inner ear, and it had let and it left scar tissue, and so she had this severe vertigo. You know, okay. like young healthy woman she had to walk along the wall like this like it left a scarring and it really just permanently damaged her inner ear and she was just like all the conventional guys said look we have no idea what to do we're like there's there's really nothing more to be done for you and so she came to me and said look just put stem cells there i said well i can't really put stem cells in your inner ear but i said i can put it kind of close there's an injection that we do it's called a sphenopalatine injection it's usually I use it for trigeminal neuralgia. And I said, look, I'll do this, but I really have no idea. I, I don't think it's going to help. And I just have, you know, like, I'm happy to do it for you because you're so determined, but like, I, I don't think it's going to work, but we can do it. And it worked. It, it cured her vertigo. I was flabbergasted. I could not believe it. That, so it was the closest I was able to get the stem cells to the area. So anyway, you asked me for the most yeah. like, Shocking, stunning case. Yeah. And that's it. So but, now that you can't do adipose-based stem cell, are we still approved to do bone marrow-based? So are oh, you going to continue practicing as that? Far as, everybody says, as far as anyone can tell in the industry, bone marrow is safe. Um, what, I, what I'm sort of doing, what, what I've started using in the last couple of years, in addition to, so I, I've built my reputation autologous stem cells. So the word autologous means donor and recipient are the same person. So stem cells from your body. And we you know, mostly use bone marrow combined with fat. Now we're looking at losing the fat and just using the bone marrow. What I've started using in the last couple of years that I'm very excited about are exosomes. Now exosomes do not come, your own, your own stem cells produce exosomes, but the supplemental exosomes that I use come from someone else. And so uh, I use a lab that what they do is they take placental stem cells. Uh, so these are, you know, a, a, a woman is giving a normal, uh, they're actually giving cesarean section births and they have volunteered to donate their, their placenta. And this lab takes the stem cells from the placenta and culture expands them. 
then now exosomes are, so let's just go back to biology 101. So you remember from biology class, you have the cell, the cell membrane, right? And then that's a bilipid layer. And then inside you have the nucleus, which contains the genetic material, and you have the Golgi apparatus, and you have the mitochondria, which of course Dave Asprey loves to go on about the mitochondria. And then you have these vesicles called endosomes, and then inside the endosomes are the exosomes. Now when this cell, well, when I was in school back in the 90s, we used to think that the, these endosomes and the exosomes were, were waste. We thought they were cellular poop. They're not. When the cell needs to communicate with surrounding cells, that endosome moves to the edge of the cell, morphs with the cell membrane, and now opens up this way, and those little exosomes go out. Those exosomes are the communication proteins. That's the way the cells communicate. And with stem cell, like the, when we use stem cells therapeutically, the actual mechanism of action is in the cell's ability to communicate. And those, are, those exosomes are where all the mechanism of action occurs, all the benefit. That's the active ingredient. So what this lab does is they take these very young, robust placental stem cells, they prompt them to excrete these exosomes, they collect the exosomes, separate them from the stem cells. So now you're moving the person's genetic material over here. You're just using the active ingredient. We then supplement people's own bone marrow stem cells with these exosomes. Now, what makes my, I just, I, I had my birthday yesterday. I turned 51. Happy birthday. Thank you. What makes my stem cells 51-year-old stem cells is that as we age, our own stem cells lose the ability to manufacture these very endosomes, exosomes. Got it. And that's the active ingredient. Got so, it. But the, the membrane of the, of the exosomes from these placental, culture-expanded placental cells are identical to our own stem cell membranes. And it doesn't contain any genetic material. So what we think happens is that your own stem cells actually absorb them into themselves, thereby making your own stem cell much more robust, effectively a younger person's stem cell. And I've seen that, you know, what over the, over the years of doing this, what I found is when I get people over the age, really over the age of 70, my results are a little more hit or miss. You know, some people do great, other people don't do as well. Since I've started using the exosomes, I've found that I get much more consistent results, especially in the older population. That's really encouraging. So I think what I'm hearing you say is we may be losing adipose, but you found an alternative which can supercharge your core procedure. So all is not lost. Right, right. Okay. Because I think as, as someone on the other side going, well, this was an incredible opportunity. Am I going to have to fly out to a different country every year to, to try out my stem cells? I've been real concerned and I'm, I'm reassured by you that there's probably some, some good, exciting alternatives. Now, for those folks out there who don't want to go through a procedure of some sort and want to figure out a way to awaken their stem cells naturally, what are some of the things that you've seen work or what's the science there? Well, I think common sense really rules the day here. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to give a talk uh, at Young Living Essential Oils, their big conference on CBD oil. 
And one of the things I'm going to really try to impress on people is you can take all the CBD all day long if you don't exercise and you're obese and you have a crummy diet and you're, you're you know, have sleep apnea and you are emotionally completely unbalanced, all the CBD in the world isn't going to really do any good. And, you know, one of the things that I, I really, I've seen, especially in people sort of in the alternative realm, is they'll, is they'll sort of latch on to certain things and, 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 and think it's going to be cure, you know, sort of compensate for the fundamentals and nothing, nothing, nothing compensate, nothing replaces the fundamentals. There's which, no shortcut. As I tell people, there is no shortcut. There is no, no shortcuts. Control. That's exactly right. Sleep, diet, exercise, emotional balance. It's those four things. And, you know, with diet, it's mostly common sense. You know, I love, uh, I love Mark Hyman's new book, Food, What the Heck Should I Eat? Because it's I've just- I've interviewed him. We have the interview. So for those of you, uh, please check out the book interview. You can get at least a summary chapter by chapter with Mark. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, if, if you can't pronounce the ingredients, don't eat it. <laughs> like, it should have one ingredient, which is that object, right? So, so I mean, that's the, the first thing is just to cut out the crummy stuff. Like, get, get rid of the nitrates. Get rid of the high fructose corn syrup. Get rid of the- the, the toxic oils, get all that stuff completely out of your diet. Focus on, you know, focus on whole natural foods. And then, and then as far as, you know, the, the, this much protein, that much carbohydrates, like all of that really is secondary. Like that really, like you can get really insane about that stuff, but it's really like get, get back to just focusing on ingredients and then, you know, and I think this whole idea, I, I heard somebody, I read somewhere, you know, stop counting calories and start cal- counting hours per day, not eating. You know, when I lived in France, like there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of obesity in France compared to the U.S. People don't eat between meals there. You eat three meals a day and that's it. There's no snacking. And, um, and I, you know, I just, I, I encourage my patients to just like stick to your three meals, try to have your dinner kind of early and then have at least 12 hours of, uh, you know, try to quit, be done eating at seven in the evening and don't eat again until seven in the morning. It's actually really simple. We've made it so complex because of the different marketing entities out there that want to market a specific new fat or pill or supplement or whatever you have it. But you, you captured it so beautifully, right? Mm-hmm. Eat three simple meals, eat what's in season, cook fresh, don't open packets, don't open cans, don't open the freezer. And if you eat that, you don't have to count calories, you don't have to count pretty much anything. You just, you cook what's in season, you eat three meals, you eat kind of early, you walk um, everywhere and and think happy thoughts and and you'll be fine. I think the yeah. issue Because there's really, there's two sources of information. There's two major sources of information. There's government, you know, sort of entities that are, I'm sorry, but I mean, they're heavily subsidized by the food industry. And there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of conflict of interest there. And I just, and I just don't have a lot of confidence in those guidelines. Where people mostly look nowadays for nutritional advice is from the bodybuilders. I mean, those like the whole, the whole paleo, all the keto, like all of that stuff comes from the bodybuilders. So true. The, the thing though is these are bodybuilders yeah. and they're trying to get their fat down to 4%. Yeah. So they're taking it to such an extreme. Exactly. So like you, you don't need to take it quite to that extreme, right? Exactly. So just somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle. And that's, that's why I love, 
that's why I love Mark Hyman because he's just a you know it's it's just it's common sense rules today. So that's diet. As far as exercise, you know, there's really there's two things to keep in mind. It's better to do something than not do anything, right? So I mean, I think the most important thing is like find something that you like to do. It has to be something fun for you and something that you will actually do, right? So like on the one hand, it has to be fun. And on the other hand, it has to be something that actually can fit into your schedule and you can actually do. Um, and, and then beyond that, I don't think it matters so much with the caveat of the two things you want to avoid are with the weightlifters. I mean, just from my perspective, right? So I treat chronic pain. Like I, my job is people who are injured and are, their lives have been ruined. So, I mean, think about, I've heard over 10,000 stories of people like telling me why their quality of life has been destroyed. So I, I have a little bit of a perspective on some of this stuff, but like people like weightlifting, I think is the best form of exercise unless you chase numbers. Like that's like, there's no reason to go beyond two times your body weight for squatting and deadlifting. You know, the people who are just like, so current, you know, like just, it becomes an obsession for them. Those are the guys who are just like, they paid the down payment for my house. You know, that's like, that's, that's how I, that, unfortunately, that's how people. Yeah. So that's the first thing is just to quit chasing numbers, right? Uh, the second thing to avoid is repetitive motion on hard surfaces. So I hate to say this to the marathon runners who do marathon on concrete, tennis players on concrete, but just something I've seen over 20 years of clinical practice is it just completely tears down your body. And then I'm going to add one more thing. So the third thing is the weekend warrior syndrome. So something that I see, like some of the worst MRIs that I see are the people who sit at a desk from you know, Monday through Friday, or even worse, uh, like dentists or truck drivers, people who really sit in one position Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, they're in a hockey league, and they just bash themselves up. So it's like all this trauma over the weekend, and then during, you know, and then when they're recovering from that, when normally you'd need sort of like normal movement for those collagen fibers to lay down in the correct orientation, they're in one position. So they get this very chaotic collagen matrix. And those are the people of the worst MRIs or, or the weekend warrior syndrome. Um, so, you know, that's exercise, uh, uh, emotional balance, you know, that's very personal, right? So that's for some people that's going to be meditation for some, I think whatever form that takes, uh, that's very, very individual. And then of course, you know, sleep, and that can be very complex. You know, that can be, in my case, I've got a, a one and a half year old and a three year old. So it's, I'm still like, I, I don't have any choice but to have poor sleep at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, I think sleep, that, that something that people really need to look into is the, is sleep apnea, you know, because that's something that is really rampant. And if you even suspect it, I just encourage people to get tested for that. And that involves going to a sleep lab. Um, and, then, um, and then just having a very clean sleep environment, you know, the concept of sleep hygiene. Uh, you know, I think that's, uh, that's one of the real critical things for overall health. So those are, those are my four pillars of health. I love it. So from an exercise standpoint, we know what you don't encourage. What have you found to be the most efficient form of a workout? You mentioned weightlifting is one. What else? You know, is how about an elliptical or HIIT training or yoga? Where do you come out on those? 
Um, well, I like, I like Hit. I think it's, I think again, it's, it's personal preference. I think it's what people like. I got one of those water rowers, uh, which is, I think it's waterrower.com, but it's a, it's a rowing machine that actually has a water element to it. So it's like a, you're the, 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 you're pulling on the cable and that's spinning a propeller that's in water. So it has this very nice water element to it. Um, I love that thing. And I think it's a really nice movement, uh, you know, because it's, it's really a full body movement and it's very low impact. So just as far as like a 10 minute, like a, a, where you can really get at it and you can do that with a hit, you know, 30 seconds fast, 30 seconds slow. You can, okay. you know, you can get a really, really efficient workout with that. All right. So... I think we've got some incredible information from you on the four pillars that you support. Tell us a little bit about what does your day look like? How does the, the stem cell expert on pain take care of his own health? Well, I, my morning routine is very important. So I, I try to wake up first. I try to be the first person out of bed so I can have, because as I said, I've got a one and a half year old and a three year old. So that's my quiet time. So I do, uh, I do my morning meditation and I do a little bit of reflection on the day. I do a little bit of journaling. And then uh, I start my day. I have a, a good wholesome breakfast. Uh, my personal favorite is we do uh, uh, five minute uh, soft boiled eggs. Uh, and avocado, and then either we alternate between salmon or, or we'll occasionally have bacon, uh, nitrate-free, nitrate-free, of course. And then um, come to work. I have a very pleasant work environment. Uh, work with a great team of people. I, I love the people that I work with and uh, get to do stem cell procedures all day, which is absolutely my passion. And then in the evening, I go home, do a little bit of time on the rowing machine, do a little bit of weightlifting. I have a, just a squat, uh, squat rack and a bench at home. And then like to go for a bike ride, put the girls in a, uh, we have a very nice, I mean, I live in Park City, so we have great bike rides here. And then uh, get the girls to sleep and have a little bit of alone time with mommy before, uh, before we go to sleep. Very nice. Sounds very rejuvenating and very conducive to stem cell growth. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that with us. All right. For those out there who are suffering from tremendous pain issues, and as we know that itself is an epidemic, you know, pain, we know what's happening with the opioid crisis out there. And a lot of that's driven by the fact that people are in pain. So what can you recommend to someone who's in a lot of pain? What can they take away from, from you today? Well, Getting off opioids is the first step. I mean, because the issue, what we've really discovered with opioid medication is it actually makes the problem worse. You know, to use them very short, there's really two situations where they're appropriate. One is short-term use, like after a surgery. The other is for palliative care. If someone's dying of cancer, I mean, that's an appropriate time to consider using long-term opioids. For something like low back pain, not only does it, you know, it will help in the earliest stages, you know, in, in like when you, the first few weeks of taking it, but what it does is it actually reduces your own threshold for pain. So now after you've taken it for several months, it actually makes the problem worse because if you come off of it, you have no, your brain has lost the ability to, to really process pain properly. Um, I think there's some interesting research being done with CBD, 
you know, with the, the, the endocannabinoid system, really what, what the endocannabinoid system is, is it's, it maintains homeostasis in our bodies. It maintains balance in our bodies. And that might be why it's helpful for people with chronic pain, because it's actually, uh, it, it, if someone is living with some type of injury and there's some sort of pain generator, it might be what it's doing is it's making it your new normal, which you know, isn't necessarily addressing the problem, but it's making it, it's taking you off this sort of crazy fluctuation of pain. Um, you know, I think clearly I'm biased because I do stem cell medicine, but for people living with chronic pain, you know, as we said earlier, a lot of chronic pain generators are these changes in the microscopic tissue. And, um, and one of the things that we know from the wound care literature is that stem cell medicine improves the, um, improves microscopic anatomy. So when you have a wound that won't heal properly, you put stem cells in the area. The first thing that happens is you grow new blood vessels, then you grow skin over top. And that's what it is we think is happening with stem cell therapy is you have these changes to the microscopic anatomy, which are causing pain. We put stem cells in the area. And as I said earlier, long, tricks the body into thinking you've undergone a new injury, launches a healing cascade. And that's been pretty much what I've seen time and again. Especially things, especially things that are really, there's no good conventional treatment. So for example, a desiccated disc, dehydrated disc. When people have that midline, that pain right in the middle of their low back, if they bend slightly forward, it makes it way worse. They get an MRI, you know, these levels up here, white, 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 black. And then you see this one disc that's just black. And what that means is it's dehydrated. This is very painful. And the thing about it is there's really no good conventional treatment. The only conventional treatment is fusion, and that's a terrible option. That, this is one of the main things that I do here at Doceri Clinics is we put stem cells directly into that dehydrated disc, and within six months, the vast majority of people we treat are you know, not necessarily 100% pain-free, but experience a, re a dramatic reduction in pain. Wow, it's, it's real exciting stuff there. By the way, what are your thoughts on, because so far you've talked a lot about injecting stem cells at the point of injury or at the point of pain. What are your thoughts about the general stem cell shot, which you just take it intravenously, it gets into your blood. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that? Um, it's, that's, that's one of the areas the FDA really hates um, because that's treating, you know, now you're treating systemic disease. Um, and I've really just kept my my practice laser focused on the treatment of, uh, of chronic musculoskeletal pain. Got it. I think there's tremendous, you know, there's, there's tremendous promise in a lot of different areas. I mean, in the treatment of disease, but even just in anti-aging, you know, there was that one paper by, uh, by Dr. Hare in South Florida that was, uh, it was treating a frailty associated with aging. So that's an actual condition. So, you know, we talk about anti-aging medicine. Well, the way we actually measure it, there's a way to measure, it's called frailty associated with aging. And it's a combination of five things. There's several different uh, scales, but it's usually, it has to do with like loss of muscle mass, uh, sleep quality, uh, sexual function. Uh, and then there's a couple other things. I've, I've, I've memorized it for my last Dave Asprey uh, podcast, but I forgot it. 
But essentially what this, what he did is he, you know, he measured, he took these, this group of people, measured their degree of frailty associated with aging, and then gave them intravenous uh, culture expanded stem cells uh, from donors, from uh, bone marrow, from young donors, Mm -hmm. and um, gave them an either doses of 1 million or 2 million. And, uh, and pretty much across the board, I mean, it was very compelling. The outcomes were very compelling that it actually reversed frailty associated with aging. So if you're talking about uh, stem cell medicine for anti-aging purposes, yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah. And what we, the product that we've developed is called the full body stem cell makeover. And so, and that was designed really, you know, originally it was for Dave Asprey because, you know, his goal to live to be 180. So we developed it for him. Um, I've been doing it for a couple of years and how it came about is that over the years, I've just had so many like ranchers and oil field workers and, and, you know, farmers and just busted up cowboys, these people with arthritis through their entire bodies. And I use anesthesiologists to sedate people. So we put people to sleep. And because of this patient population, I've sort of developed the reputation as a guy who does big treatments. So yeah. I'll, I'll have people come in and I'll, we'll do both shoulders and both elbows and both hips and both knees and their back. So we developed this full body stem cell makeover, which is uh, essentially we take a large volume of bone marrow, we supplement it with a large quantity of exosomes, and then we inject literally every moving part in the body. We do the entire spine from the base of the skull down to the tailbone, flip the person over, both shoulders, both elbows, both wrists, both thumbs, both hips, both knees, both ankles, and great toes. And um, I, I came up with the idea because early on, I was treated with rolfing, and um, which is a full body, uh, it's a system of sort of full body massage, but it's much more than massage. And I, and I thought, well, you know, what if I could just treat the entire body in a single sitting with stem cells? So um, we've been doing it now for a couple of years, and people have been very, very happy with it, including Dave. That's right. That's right. He's, he's your price customer there. Yeah. So how often does he come back or how often do you need to come back when you do these full body makeovers? Well, full body stem cell makeover, we do it once. And then we, you know, it's not something I would recommend doing regularly okay, got um, it. because it's, it is a big bone marrow aspiration. And I think it's perfectly safe to do that once or twice, but I, I wouldn't want to do it sort of like every year. I think if you, someone were to want to do it on an ongoing basis, then we would talk about, uh, you know, I'm talking, there's a clinic I'm talking to in Mexico about possibly doing it there with culture expanded cells. So I would actually, if you, someone were going to do it more frequently, we probably wouldn't use their own cells uh, just because I, I wouldn't feel so good about doing such a big bone marrow aspiration several times. Got it. And if I understand you correctly, you couldn't achieve the same results by just injecting in the IV, injecting it in the blood. I, no, I don't think you would because really what we're focusing on is the musculoskeletal structures. If you do it IV, you're going, they're all going to go in areas where you have very rich blood supply, which are the organs. So like, the first place is going to go to your lungs. It's going to get caught up in your lungs. They're going to dump their growth factors. And then it's still going to go to the, you know, the most obvious areas of blood flow, like the heart, like the liver, like the, the organs. Your joints, though, where you have problems in your joints are areas that are poorly vascularized. There's not, there's not good blood flow. 
So you, you can't really depend, and especially like you're talking about intervertebral discs, there's no blood flow in the intervertebral right. disc. So you're not going to get any benefit on your, in your musculoskeletal system from an IV. Got it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Wow, this has been so enlightening. Thank you so much again. Any parting advice for someone looking at uh, getting stem cell treatment? Is there a deadline by which they can sneak it in? And Well, just do your homework. I mean, I, and I would really encourage people not to feel a sense of urgency because you don't want to, it's a decision you don't want to rush. There's a lot of really good providers and there's a lot of really mediocre providers. And so you really want to look at, you know, does this person, how much experience does this person actually have in the area of regenerative medicine? Do they use uh, guidance? Do they use at least like ultrasound guidance or extra guidance or preferably both? And um, do they offer some kind of sedation? And you may, you know, the person looking to have this done may or may not need IV sedation. They may not need an anesthesiologist to put them to sleep, but if the center offer sedation it displays a level of seriousness on the on this on the end of that surgical center well on that note i have to tell everybody out there that we are going to be creating a heel circle page which lists this information as well as referrals so if you're interested make sure you check out the heel circle page for stem cell referrals and with that said dr adelson thank you so much Really loved having you on the show. And for the rest of you, stay smiling. I'm going to see you on another one of our healthier podcasts. Thank you. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.